Hello and welcome to Untangled, a podcast looking at all things parenting and child development and everything in between. As is normal with us, you are very welcome to accept like an original Lucasaid or reject like a Raspberry Diet Coke. Anything that we say today is only a perspective and uh, we're not saying that we know how to do it. Um, but we're just talking about how we do do it. So today I have Josie. Say hi, Josie. Hello, Jill. <laughs> and Josie and I are also joined by Emma. Hello. <laughs> Emma's a bit nervous, but she's no need to be nervous. because She's going to be a natural at this, I know rightly. So um, Emma and myself and Josie, we're all mums. We're all mums who have run our own business. And we just thought that today we would talk a little bit about what works for us and, and how that has been and if there's any advice that we would pass on to anybody else. So I know I've been self-employed for 15 years. Uh, within that time, I've had three children, each with five years between them. So my eldest is 15, then 10 and five. Because I, I felt as being self-employed, I had to base it out like that so that I could not only give the business attention, but each child attention. Um, But... That has meant that really for the last 15 years, there's always been someone who needed a lot of support in the house. So as soon as as our first child got independent, uh, we had another baby. And then as soon as second child got independent, we had another baby. <laughs> so now with our third child hitting that independent stage where they're able to dress themselves in the morning and brush their own teeth, it's the first time in 15 years that I can see, oh, I don't have to do that for another person. So although it, it has been really, really nice having that individual time with each child, it has meant um, that I've prolonged all of that. It seemed to to be like a never ending sequence of helping them get dressed or potty training or all of that just seemed to be concurrent. But uh, some people have their children closer together and they Maybe that's the way to go because you get it all over and done with in the same time. Uh, Josie, you have more than one child, don't you? I have three. And my first two are like Irish twins and that they were born within two years of each other. And I had double nappies and twin buggy and all that to get round. And working at the at full time at the same time with meant that everybody had to be shipped out to the child minors in the morning and brought back again at night after work. Um, it was hectic and it was really hard. So then I took a three year break and then had my third child. And he is a single one. But I realized then after when he got ill and my husband boss told him he couldn't have time off work. And therefore, I had to be at home to look after two children and be in the hospital looking after a sick child. Mm. That's when we decided it's now time to have our own business and yeah. be able to control our own time. So we did the first two as employees. and But the third one we did as working together and that we needed the flexibility that parents so need in this day and age. So that's really interesting. You have both perspectives. Do you find it do you find it easier to parent as a self-employed person? It was easier because the child, when we were building the business, we put him in a cardboard box 
with a blanket okay. and set him under a printer. And the noise of the printer going backwards and forwards lulled him to sleep. Sleep, the white noise. While the other two were sitting at a table drawing me pictures with pens because I was needed in the business. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't pick them up from the childminders and go home. We had to pick them up from the childminders and go to work because it took two of us to run the business. Yeah. So you have to make um, sacrifices and they had to fit in with our lives because this was our business and we didn't have an employer who could pay us sick pay or holiday. This was down to us. Mm. Right. So, well, how do you difficult. find that, Emma? Because you have you work from home. I do. Yes, um, I'm self-employed now for seven years, and it's it's very interesting what Josie said there. Um, you know, it's it's being in control of your time, is is a really important thing. And when Annie May was born, she was two past November. She's a sweetheart. I've so. met Annie May. She is. A, she's a charmer. Yeah, Miss Independent. So when she was born, I remember the minute she was literally set in my arms. I, I said that I would never miss a single day with her. I was going to see every stage. And I know that it's every mum and dad's dream to be able to say that. But mm -hmm. I made that committed decision to her that... I didn't want somebody else bringing her mm. up. I wanted it to be me. And it was just that decision in that moment really changed everything for me because I was always self-employed, but it was around my terms and around my time. Mm. And then all of a sudden there was this little person who I knew was going to need me. And I wanted to organize my time around her so that I was giving her the best of me. And it's something when when you're self-employed and you are you've got a, a child or children that you manage your time so well that you're making the best of the time that you have to work on your work mm -hmm. and to be a mom. Yeah. And to me, that's a really, really important thing whenever you're you're a work from home mom or dad or that you've got a home based business that you have your separate time for from being a moment. So business. Emma and I know each other. We study <laughs> the same material. We study under um, Bob Proctor mm -hmm. and a lot around mindset and, and things like that. And mm -hmm. Emma and I work together because Emma is my accountability partner. Mm -hmm. OK, so we made a commitment to be each other's accountability partner for a year. So in the first 30 days, we had to check in with each other every day. And then after that, it, it's yeah. every week. Yeah. But we miss each other too much. So we do it twice a week <laughs> where we do <laughs> voicemail um, messages of, look, here's what I'm going to accomplish this week and hold me accountable if I don't. Yeah. And I know that when we're swapping our voicemail messages, quite often you can hear the kids in the background yeah. and everything's going yeah. on. And I think it's it's about being OK with the fact that you don't have set hours to work. Yeah. That you you might have to drop things between ten and twelve yeah. because kids need you, but that means maybe you do a bit of extra work at five o'clock in the morning, or you do it at um, ten o'clock at night yeah. when they're in bed, uh, which is nice. I think the flexibility is nice, 
because I don't I don't feel like I work because I love what I do. It doesn't feel like work. So I, I don't feel like I'm working really late at night. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, oh, I'm taking advantage of this time to myself to get a bit of work done. Absolutely. Does that feel like that for yeah, you? Absolutely. And it's it's, you know, on I find on on a Sunday evening, I would try my best to lay out my week ahead and that I know that you know, I've I've got certain things to do at certain times. So my time would be used quite wisely, as wisely mm-hmm. as I think it, it should be. Um, you know, at the moment we're in a good routine, you know, she's got her sleeping time. So when she goes down for say a nap during the day, I'm doing my work then. I'm I'm doing my my contact with my clients. I'm making sure that everything's running smoothly because I would I would do, you know, twenty one day challenges. I work with a huge team and it's all about if if I can commit to that time then I can commit that to my work mm-hmm. so um a lot of the time then in the evenings when when Fargo comes home my husband is that you know he takes on the role then and I can do an hour or two hours work and then we can put her down to bed together and it's it's all about just using that time really wisely and being committed to that mm-hmm. and actually saying this is my and being time. being organized. What if you're a free spirit like Josie? Josie, you don't strike me as someone who's doing out their work <laughs> schedule a week in advance. This free spirit that you are. I do what's important. Okay. Um, I used to have a to do list that would strangle you if that long. <laughs> my to do lists just get bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't yes. seem to get any. And that's what made me realize that it's time management yeah. and not just time management because it's easy to manage a clock. It's more difficult to manage your priority in life. Okay. And so I have been able to move away from where you are because I see that because my youngest is now 17. Mm -hmm. The others are independent. So I've had the ability now to prioritize what I need to do and not a child. Mm -hmm. So I've moved on to the next stage of life, which is more selfish and is Brilliant. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yes, yeah. I can. Yeah. I can hear. I can hear your envy. And I say, yeah, yes. you get to do what you want. But you know, it's it's so liberating that freedom to choose what way to spend your time. Yeah. Because now yeah. I can spend my time educating myself and becoming more balanced in life. Yeah. And more balance for me is health, mentality, the whole lot is a package. And as you get older, you need your rest. You need your relaxation. You need to recharge because the older you get, the more energy you need Mm -hmm. and you need to hold on to whatever energy you have. So as you get older, you need what I have now. Mm -hmm. And I feel sorry for those ladies who are getting on in years and who become these grannies, like nearly like second mothers, because they've already done all that. Why on earth are they doing it all again at their age? Mm-hmm. It's so stressful on them. Mm-hmm. Yet a lot of mothers, a lot of grannies do it. And it's it's a case of necessity, I know. But I have already warned my children <laughs> that I will not be that sort of granny. So don't yeah. ever think I'm going to be a second mommy. Yeah. I will love them to bits, but from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you were saying there, it's sometimes prioritizing. So as much as I want to put the kids first, there are times when I have to say, look, I've got to do these emails. So can you go and 
basically, can you just go away? I don't say those words <laughs> inside. I'm going, just go away. But um, I'm saying, oh, so can you get some flour out and we'll bake a cake when I finish this, but I really have to do this. Mm. And sometimes I feel a bit guilty that they don't have open access to me, that sometimes I have to put restrictions in place because I have to deadlines to meet and I have things to do. I think whenever my kids were growing up, I was very keen that they do different programs. They'd be into jujitsu or into different things. And what I use them for is whenever they were being occupied, I would use that time to do my priority work. So I would get them occupied in a safe way. But over the years, I've realized that they are not very good at prioritizing their own time mm. by giving them free space to go out. Like one time we had a mold of soil outside the house where they built the foundations and I never got around to clearing it away. Mm. So then it became the desert and it became, you know, the, the, the wilderness to the boys. And they would have the, these imaginations with sticks that they thought were guns and they'd go out in and safari to find out about all the animals that were living there. And they used so much imagination that now that I see that that helped them be capable of entertaining themselves. Yeah. We, we feel the need to provide all this stimulus and to be there for them every moment of the day. But if they can, they can occupy themselves and play their own games and use their own imagination without outside help or, or control at all times. <clears throat> it's better for them as they grow up to be able to be creative that way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think especially mums nowadays, there's there's just mummy guilt with everything yeah. that we do because yeah. there's such pressure to be the perfect mum, the perfect friend, to look a certain way, to behave a certain way, you know, text back within two hours of getting a text, drink your two litres of water, um, have something on social media 24 hours a day. There's a lot of pressure there and I think um, maybe mums now feel guilty if they're not entertaining their children all the time. Yeah. Um, but but what are you teaching them? Well, that's it. I think you've got to let go of that and and be OK with the fact that being bored is good. Being bored is a great motivator, motivator to get, to get something done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's brilliant that that Josie actually said that because it was about six months ago and I felt the mum guilt where it was just so busy and you were trying to be the perfect everything in every way and and being the the good mummy that everybody is looking at you thinking she's brilliant she can work from home she can do this and I remember one day actually looking at Annie Mae and she was going she was just looking at me as if to say like you know where are we going mm -hmm. what are we doing today and I just thought no just for that moment I'm just gonna let her just use her own wee imagination and just to go outside or to do whatever she wanted to do and then she started to realize that she can do this herself. Mm -hmm. And it was it almost led it was almost leading to the fact is she needs a peer. She needs a sibling to be able to do that with. And then I thought, no, Emma, it's if that is to come, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, she needs to learn to love her own company. She needs to learn to create her own 
things when she is on her own or she is in a room on her own that she can use her imagination. So I love that, Josie, and thank you for sharing that because it nearly takes them to be that bored state that mm-hmm. they can actually start to really use their imagination. And I can remember, did you do this when you were younger? Because my mum didn't entertain me 24 no, hours a day. No. <laughs> Definitely did not. And I can remember spending Saturday afternoons going, oh, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. What am I going to do? And those are the days where you came up with the best new games. Yeah. Um, like, oh, why don't we take the roller boots and turn it into a go-kart or why don't we climb that tree or why don't we just be bored on top of the bales of hay in, in, in the silo and um, that's when that's when all those memories then connect that's because you were able to you were able to be creative because you had space from the boredom to be creative in yeah very much so my, my I, we lived in the country and like you says we had to make our own fun. And I remember nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do. So my my idea, I spent a lot of time in the summertime in a chicken house, which smelled of chicken manure, which is not very That's nice. pretty strong. Yes. But the chickens were my school kids. I was a teacher and I would push all the hens, get them all into the house and then shout at them just as a teacher did at school. <laughs> And then it send them all out of the house, clucking and, and firing at themselves and jumping around because they were bold and it was break time. And then my friend, who was also a farmer's daughter, would come up and join me. And then we changed it from a chicken from a schoolhouse to a shop. And we would go around the bins and gather up our empty tins. And we would would set them up on on the the, the rafters and that there as a, a shelving on our shop. And we would sell. To empty tins of beans to each other and yeah. take money off each other with just stones mm-hmm. and the imaginations were great yeah. but my friend and I we, we were friends when we were three we're still friends but you know we remember that mm-hmm. and then we remember I didn't like I was I became an engineer I hated dolls much the only time I played with the dolls is when I was pretending I was having a baby and then I'd stick a doll up my jumper. Oh, and then my friend would help pull the doll out. She was the midwife, you see. Ah, yeah. If only it was as easy as that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no pain. But, you know, it was that again, that was our imagination. She would dress the doll up and put it on because she's a real mommy mommy. I was never much of a mommy mommy. I don't know how I became a mother. But, you know, it's, the end of the day is I didn't like being a girl much. Yeah. I preferred yeah. being a boy. I'd like to sing, mm-hmm. although I couldn't sing. I'd like to dance, though I couldn't dance. But I loved selling things in my shop, being a teacher, mm-hmm. up with, with the, the hens who couldn't complain as my pupils. Imagination. Yeah. 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 And no resources. That's Zero. the thing. All, mm. of, all of the really special memories that I have of play and games and um, being with other children have very little to do with resources. You made mm-hmm. something out of nothing. Yeah. 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 Sure, isn't that what an entrepreneur is? Yeah. Take an idea and Absolutely. make something out of it? Absolutely. So what are we teaching our kids if we're giving them all pre-made entertainment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I remember asking Jill a few months back um, to give me some ideas for, you know, for her to use her hands more and to not, not particular big things, but just small things that could help her use her imagination. And Jill came back with the likes wee blocks. And I remembered 
I had some up in our roof space from I was tiny and I was so excited I went and got them down and she was just stacking them up and I thought this is something so simple mm. that she really used her imagination to just build stuff and we were sitting on the floor and I was more excited than she was and it was something so simple and I thought you can really use your imagination with with nothing mm -hmm. really and the simpler space. the simpler the resource the better the better so, yeah um the, the wood the plain wooden blocks they'll they can turn them into a racetrack they uh -huh. turn them into a house they she turn them, them into a bed they turn them into a doorway into their house or their office or wherever they are they're used for so many things in our house um but the if when you buy the very prescribed toys that are one thing like this is a phone and this is a fire engine they don't have the same longevity so they're used a few weeks after mm -hmm. they get it and then that's it but um but those open-ended toys those materials that can be used so many different ways those are the things our kids use year after year yeah. after year after year mm -hmm. but um and and recently i thought about this because for archie's fifth birthday um I like so I know what type of resources are going to extend his creativity, but yet I was still drawn to buy him a Skelectric set because the Skelectric set had a very specific reaction from him. So he could he could open a set of wooden blocks and be like, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but I know he'll use those every single day for the next three years they'll be some way incorporated into his play but when he would open the Skelectrics he would be like oh, that's amazing this is the happiest day ever and he got such a big reaction but they were played with intensely for two days and now they're in his bedroom and I asked him the other day gosh why do you not play with your um, Skelectric set now um, and he said oh I don't want to waste the batteries but it's really because he, he's explored what it did. That's what it does. End off. There's nowhere to build it, nowhere to bring it forward. Mm -hmm. But as a mum, you get hooked on the reaction for them opening yeah, the toys. Yeah, yeah. So I get why um, maybe we don't buy into these open-ended resources because they don't give you that. Oh, I must be a wonderful mum because look how excited yes. he is by his present. Yeah. So now I think it's important to have a balance. So you can have a gift that gets you that kick yeah, where that you go, oh, look how yeah, excited he yeah. is. And then have that <laughs> that other gift that you know is actually going to be working and helping and supporting brain development and creative problem solving and cognitive thinking. Um, you have that as, as the additional gift. Um, yeah, but that was just something I noticed that, that I can understand why parents maybe do go for the the stuff that's easy marketed. Option. Yeah, easy yeah. option because yeah. you get that kick. And if you're a working mum that gets the 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 mummy guilts, um, that can mean a lot to you actually to get that response of how delighted they are. Absolutely. And as well as that, I noticed when my boys were at primary school, they started dictating what gifts they wanted because oh, yes. their friends were getting it. Yes. And like you'd look and say, well. You know, really, is there a lot of play value in that? Is there a lot of learning value in that? Because I was always interested in growing the, the mind and growing the personality and something that was they could only play on their own or antisocial. 
to me was not a good gift. Mm-hmm. But again, it was popular. So you have to look at what's popular or expensive and think to yourself, is it important? And this is where your priority set and go. I always looked at priority as when your time is limited, your resources are limited, whatever is limited, you have to work at optimum level. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. As a mom. And that includes everything in life. We were having a discussion, my friends and I, some of them were teachers. And we were talk, I was talking about the Pareto rule of business, the 80-20 rule, where if you put in 20% effort, you'll get 80% reward. Mm-hmm. But if you go and try and get that extra 20% reward, you'll end up spending 80% of your time mm-hmm. for 20% that may or may not. And if you have 80%, are you not satisfied with being almost perfect? Almost. And as women, I think we set our standard at 100%, which is unattainable yeah and takes up so much energy and time i think if we would sit back and chill out and see what's important be happy with the 80 percent. 80 percent is wonderful who needs a hundred percent and sometimes when you hear women talk and they say oh i do a hundred and ten percent hundred and ten percent doesn't even exist (laughs) i know that's a pet peeve of yours (laughs) that's a pet peeve oh just on pet peeve statements um you ever hear someone say that's to die for Yes. Who wants to die? That's a pet peeve of mine. I go, really? Really, Jane? That cheesecake is worth never seeing your family again, never having the the rain on your skin. Really? For that cheesecake? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just I just feel that that's one of your pet peeves when somebody says never. (laughs) It doesn't exist. You know, either you're one percent or 100 percent, but 110 percent doesn't exist because you can't get more than a whole. Yeah, that's it. And I think women set themselves, oh, my standard is 110 percent. And you're thinking, no wonder you're never satisfied. Yeah, because <laughs> okay. you're, you're reaching for something that's impossible. That's impossible. Even the 100 percent is impossible. It's, it's, it, it takes so much time and it's, effort and it's, it's not important. It's like the frustration you get from when you clean the house and it's literally milliseconds before something uh, goes wrong, goes it's wrong and, and they run in through with monkey shoes or um or I, it, it used to it used to irritate me that your washing basket was never empty because even if you emptied it, literally somebody would take something off and put it straight back Absolutely. in. Um, and then when you kind of let go of that and you go, OK, the norm here is that it's an ongoing cycle. Mm-hmm. And as long as it is mostly empty, we're winning. As long as I have most of the clothes clean, that's OK. I don't need to try and have everything clean because that's going to be impossible and you're only going to get stressed out trying to do it. And if you spend, if you think to yourself, I can devote so much time to putting on the washing machine, maybe at night, and you think whatever's in the basket will get washed at night, mm-hmm. that's your 80%. Yeah. What's wrong with that? So you you let go of the needing to have the, the basket empty at all times to look at night it's empty when I put the washing machine on. That's fine. And that's fine. Yeah. And you can live with yourself and you're proud of yourself and you let all the guilt go. Let it go. It's wonderful. Well, it's a choice that you make. You don't have to live with the guilt. You no, don't. No. And I think guilt can stem also for mummies. I find comparing themselves to mm. 
mm-hmm. others. What other people are going to think of how I am? What What are they thinking of me? And I remember, like, I, I spent probably the first six months of being a mummy thinking, how are they thinking of me? Mm-hmm. And I changed that dramatically because I couldn't live being compared to someone else or, <clears throat> excuse me, or thinking is my child developing at the same stage as someone else's and it was a constant battle of comparison and I learned to go no I will go at my speed I will do what I want and it's not being selfish and it's it's the exact same it's, it's not living in a state of, of always feeling that you've got to compare if you mm-hmm. feel that, that you're going at your speed and that you're doing everything as you feel is right. Yeah, that is exactly, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. OK, ladies, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Um, Just chatting about our experiences, yeah. especially it's a great mix because we've got Emma who's coming in one little one. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the throes with three and Josie's at the other side yes. of the church. Tell us Bliss. how amazing it is at the other side. <laughs> You can do whatever you want. We're really looking forward to that, Josie. I'm going to come and find you when I'm at your stage. You see, old age crone has got his advantages. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Look, and if you're still listening, again, thank you very much. We appreciate you um, giving us your time. And uh, we will see you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.